Good morning, everybody. How we doing? Great. That's awesome. It's good to see everybody that's here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad Jesus is here. I love that song. I will sing of the goodness of God. Why? Because he is good. The Bible said he is good and his mercy endures till my next bad deed, till my next sin. No, it endures forever. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm glad you're here. We just finished this series about being different. Who's, who's different? Anybody? Did that series change anybody? Did it change your perspective on some things? It did for me, and it was an impactful series. If we're in Christ, we're new. And if we're new, we're different. We live differently. We, we love differently. We give differently, and we speak differently. We speak life, right? Amen. Now we're moving on to July. We're halfway through the year, right? 2019, halfway through. It's an amazing thing. Time, the older you get, the faster time goes. You know, if you're 13 in here and you're 14 and you're just dying to get your driver's license, or if you're, if you're middle school, dying to get in high school, if you're in high school, dying to graduate, just enjoy your minutes. Because once you get a certain age, man, things escalate, and then you're on this down escalator, and it gets faster and faster and faster, and before you know it, it's January, and then it's July. And there's nothing you can do about it. It just goes faster and faster and faster. But this is July, and this is when we celebrate our freedom, our independence. And next week, we're going to start a series called Hostage. Everybody say hostage. hostage. We're celebrating freedom, but we're going, to, we're going to talk about things that can hold us hostage, that can, that can stymie our freedom, that can threaten to steal it, because our enemy comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we're going we're gonna to go into some things in the next five weeks that threaten to take away our freedom. But today we're going to talk about the fight for freedom. Everybody say the fight. fight. The fight. I know you've heard this all before. And sometimes it's just a saying, but freedom is not free. There's a cost for freedom. For thousands and thousands of years, people have fought to be free physically, mentally, and spiritually. Freedom is precious and freedom is coveted. And America, despite all of our flaws, which we have a couple of flaws, just one or two, despite all of our flaws, we remain the envy of the world because we live free and we're prosperous. If you're poor in America, you're richer than most of the world. That's just the blessed place that we live in and we are still the envy of all the world and I'm thankful for the nation that I was born into and that I get to grow up in, because I'm still growing up. <laughs> Come on. I'm still growing up, right? Is anybody else still growing up? Man, if you arrive, you're dead. If you stop growing, you die. That's just how that works. I'm not sure how much longer we're going to enjoy all, all of our freedoms, but for right now we are, and for right now we'll enjoy them. We do what we want. We go where we want. We say what we want. We live free. The cost for freedom to get us to this place has been extraordinarily high because freedom costs something. It costs something to be free, and it costs something to remain free. I, I came across this information. I'm going to share it with you. Deaths by war in America. American deaths by war. The Revolutionary War, four, just over 4,000. War of 1812, 2,200. Mexican War, 13,000. The Civil War, 618,000 lives 
Spanish-American, 2,400. World War I, 115,000. World War II, 405,000. Korean War, 36,000. Vietnam, 58,000. The Gulf War, under 1,000. Iraq and Afghanistan, 6,600. As technology has advanced, the number of deaths have, have decreased. But what I found interesting is, is our highest number of casualties came when we were fighting amongst ourselves. Not when we were fighting a common enemy that was trying to invade our shores, but when we were fighting ourselves. Was the fight just? It was. Was it pure? It was. But when we fight amongst ourselves, this is a lesson that can go all kinds of places. We lose the most when we fight amongst ourselves. There's something to be said about unity. Amen? Amen. When given the opportunity to be free... For all recorded time, people have been willing to fight. We have the opportunity. We live in a great nation where we can do whatever we want to do, pretty much. But we have the opportunity and the ability to be spiritually free as well. There was a point this week, and I, it, those on social media have seen what I posted this week, but at 6.45 in the morning on one day this week, I forget which day it was, it sounded like my house was coming apart because there was somebody beating on my door so hard that my house was shaking. And walk in the living room, and I, pe- I peek out the blinds because you always do that, right? You peek out the blinds to see who's there to see what's there. And I look out there, and there's SWAT on my front porch. Like, flag vest, AR-15s, and the whole thing. I'm like, dear God in heaven. And all these thoughts start running through your mind. I'm like, I know I haven't done anything, but I'm going to jail for something. I know I'm not a criminal. I haven't even gotten a ticket in like six years. But I'm like, somebody's done. I'm, I'm going to jail. That's just how, that's what's happening this morning. So I, I, I to one end, the kids are all, everybody's up and running around and looking out. And there was a SWAT team member at every door of my house. And on the corners. Somebody wasn't getting away. And I opened the door. And if you know, this, it's been a saga of this lady that shows up at my house and said somebody had told her she could move in. And I had never seen this lady before in my life. And... She just kept coming back and kept coming back, had her mail forwarded to my house and had a trailer park in my driveway and all kinds of just crazy stuff. So peace orders and court cases and all this kind of stuff. Finally, that it goes away. She's committed and all this kind of stuff happens. Well, they show up on my door and, and they're looking for her son because he's assaulted someone or something. I don't know. But I'm like, what did he do? <laughs> because once this one dude on my porch was this tall and this wide. And I'm like, they're like, well, what? Do you know this guy? I said, I've seen him one time in court before his mom. And they said, well, tell us a story. So I started talking. Of course I did. And as I told them the story, they're just standing there shaking their heads. Their mouths kind of drop open. And I'm like, what did this guy do? And they're like, well, he just threatened and assaulted someone in the city. I'm like, that's a lot of stuff for some guy that just threatened somebody. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But I thought my freedom was in jeopardy that day. And I knew I hadn't done anything. That's not a good feeling. So this week, it makes me enjoy my freedom a little bit more to know that I am free. I'm not behind bars. Nobody's coming after me. And that's the state we live in most of the time, unless you've done something and you're like, I hope you don't come get me. But if you live with a guilty conscience, you're not completely free. Right? If you live with a guilty conscience, you're not completely free. So today can help you get rid of, and the next five weeks can help you get rid of a guilty conscience. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. But we have the opportunity to be spiritually free, not just physically free. Jesus came 
to be the ultimate sacrifice, to pay the penalty for sin, our past, our present, and our future sin, because everybody in this room will sin again. If you're perfect, raise your hand. I almost got some of you. (laughs) Nobody raise your hand because none of us are perfect. But you know what you are? You're important. You matter. You matter enough to God that, that he would come here and he would get in flesh and die for you. John 8, 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. If you're born in America, you're what? You're free. But if you're born again, guess what else you are? You're free on a whole different level. Acts 13 says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Through the law of the Old Testament, freedom was not an option. It was basically the, the pacification of sin, the pushing it forward, the, 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 not the remittance of or the forgiveness of, just the relief of for a minute. But when Jesus came, through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Does that make anybody have a little bit of hope today? Is there something that you've struggled with? Something that's bitten you in the rear end more times than you can count. Something that you've fallen prey to more times than you want to admit. That you just can't seem to get past. That you can't seem to get over. Those things that nag you, that slow you down, that keep you awake at night. The things that if you see a police officer, you're like... (laughs) Or you turn away. A few years ago, I was driving down Bel Air Road, and I knew I had a a tag lights out. And if you don't think you won't get pulled over for tag lights, just drive at night with no tag lights in, in Maryland. So I'm driving down Bel Air Road. I know I have tag lights out, and I, I see this officer pull out behind me. I'm like, oh, man, I don't need this. So I pull into a gas station because I'm thinking, you know, if I stop, he'll go on. And he did go on. But what I didn't know is that he went down three doors and pulled in, too. So I went, it was a, a crown station, I, I went in, I, I got a drink, and I paid for it, because I didn't want to just drive in and drive out. So I got something to drink, and I went down the road, and I saw him pull out behind me again. I'm like, oh, man. So I needed to go all the way down Bel Road to the Beltway. I decided to make a turn. Guess who made a turn with me? See, I knew there was something wrong. I knew, how I, had, I, I knew I was doing something or I had something that I wasn't supposed to have and that feeling was nagging at me. And I knew that if he saw that, what was he going to do? He was going to pull me over. And guess what he did? He pulled me over. I got a warning. I was grateful for the warning and I fixed the lights on the license plate. But I knew there was something in my mind that wasn't quite right. And when faced with the, op- with, with, with the situation that an officer was behind me, I knew that I was on his radar. When we have stuff in our life that we know is not quite right, and we know this thing is nagging us, and we're falling, and we're failing, and we're giving in, and we're right on that line. We may not go all the way, but right on that line, there's something that won't let us relax. But the Bible says in Acts that we can be set free from every sin. That's inclusive. Every sin, not just the little ones. See, in our minds, we quantify sin. We say, well, this is, I just, I told a a fib. I told a white lie. That's not a big deal. And we go on, our conscience is clear. But if you let us do something that that we think has a high sin value, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? 
See, there are things that are just little white lies and sins that we, that we just gloss over, but then there are those high sin values that we judge people for. Man, you know what they did? Oh, dude, you're not going to believe what this person did. They did this. That's horrible. Well, you stole a grape at Shoppers. Which is worse? I was just testing them. Well, you can't weigh it and pay for it, can you? And that's funny. But think about that. Is it theft or did you borrow it? It's not coming back up. But man, you, like, you let somebody go out and do something crazy and, and it, it's like they have, they have done this. So every sin. The grapes in the grocery store and murder. The spectrum. The light sin and the weighty sin. All of them. Jesus represented something that had never been available to anybody before. He represented and offered freedom. Not just from the penalty of sin, but from sin itself. Not perfect not without mistakes, but free from anything that can control us. Romans 8 says, therefore, there's no condemnation. Who's ever felt condemned? That you're hopeless, that you're done, that you've, you've stepped over the line, you've done too much, you're condemned. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mic drop, done. No condemnation, because through Christ Jesus, the law of... The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That means Jesus came, looked just like us, sounded just like us, walked with us, talked with us. To be, see, we, we live our life to, to do whatever. But Jesus' purpose was to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh. Here's the key. But according to the Spirit. The Spirit of God that lives in us that we'll talk about in a minute. Through our faith in Jesus, we're free from sin. Just like physical freedom, we have to be aware of attempts to take away our spiritual freedom. That's Satan's mission. He, he came to, 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 Jesus came for abundant life, right? So we can have life and have it more abundantly. And Satan is here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We have to be vigilant. That's why the next five weeks we're going to be vigilant about keeping our freedom. But not everyone is vigilant about keeping our freedom. And even in our nation, our physical freedoms today are being infringed upon. We're losing freedoms every single day. Responses to catastrophes that may feel or seem like security, but they are eroding the freedom that we enjoy. There will be things that Satan will try to use to take away your freedom, and you and I must decide that we're going to take our freedom and not be deceived into losing it. Galatians 5 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We have freedom. It's precious. It's valuable. It's an unreal commodity. Be vigilant. Stand firm. Don't be tricked into being burdened by the yoke of slavery. Who knows what a yoke is? Some. Who's ever seen two two mules or two cows or two steers pulling a wagon or something, a heavy load. 
Who's ever been to Williamsburg and had that little thing you put your head in? That's old-time jail. That's still a yoke. That's what a yoke is. You put something around your neck and it holds you in place. Don't be tricked into being burdened by having sin around your neck till it holds you and keeps you stationary and keeps you bound by something choking you around your neck. Don't pick back up what Christ has delivered you from. Don't play with it. Don't flirt with it. Don't mess with it. Stay away from it. Jesus offered freedom so we can live free. So we can live free. So I don't want to go back to what I was doing. I don't want to go back to who I was. I want to be who God has called me to be. And if I flirt with this line that says, okay, I can do this and be okay. Or I can go back doing this and I'll be okay. Or I can get close to this and I'll still be okay. I'm getting closer and closer to what God has brought me out of instead of closer and closer to what he's wanting me to have. So when, when, when Jesus delivers you from sin, when he delivers you from whatever has slowed you down or kept you bound, leave it. Forget about it. Don't go back to it. Don't play with it. Don't flirt with it. He offered freedom so we can live free. In Chronicles, the scripture says, If my people who are called by my, my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, I will, I will hear from heaven, forgive sin. Heal their land. That sounds like freedom. Freedom is promised. Freedom is promised to us if we Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first. Put him first. Acknowledge him first in everything that you do. There's freedom in Christ if we allow him to give it to us. If I had a, a duffel bag and it was full of cash, I'd be happy first, foremost, happier. But if I had a duffel bag full of cash and I just opened it up and just dumped it right here, just dumped it and said, all right, if you want some, come get it. I wonder how many people in the room would make a mad dash for the front. I have one hand. Who, who, Rick, let's, let's do something. Who'd make a mad dash for the front? 50, 60% of you. So 40% of you don't need money. <laughs> let's go have lunch. <laughs> so 40% of you don't need money. So I don't think that's the case. See, I think 40% of you still need money. But you have reasons you wouldn't have run up here to do it. It's not worth the trouble. It's not real. It's monopoly money. Uh, it's, it's, it's just too much effort. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Wah, 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 wah. Thanks for noticing. Right? That's just the way we as humans are. Even with a pile of cash, I only got 50, just over 50% participation in the room of who would want to come and pick up the money. And for those who said it's monopoly money, it probably would have been. But, you know, that's not the point. But some of you would have said, what have I got to lose? If I, if I got to elbow somebody out of the way, if I got to push somebody down, no matter who it is, that's a pile of cash, I'm going to get mine. That's a good way to be. If I offer freedom and a decision to follow Jesus, some would sit with folded arms. 
We do the same thing here every single Sunday. We come, we sing, we communicate the word of God to you, to us. We offer relief, we offer help, we offer freedom all through Jesus. Not through what we can do, but what, through he's, what he's already done. And some come up here repeatedly for prayer on Sunday. I want this, I need this, I gotta get some of that. And some standers are sit thinking it's not real, it's, it's monopoly money. It's not for me, I don't need this, it's not worth the effort. I'm okay just the way I am. I got this. I can fix it. Somebody's chuckling because it's, that's funny because you don't got this and no, you can't fix it. If you could fix it, it'd be fixed. You wouldn't live miserable, would you? If you could fix it, it'd be fixed. If you had this, you would have it. If you could make it by yourself, you had already made it. Am I right or am I wrong? That's how it is. Stop fighting yourself. Stop fighting yourself. Stop resisting what God is trying to do in your life. Sadly, some people will be content to stay where they are and not fight for what can be. Some people will be content to stay where they are and not fight for what can be because it's too much trouble. Because you're embarrassed. Or that's for somebody else. Or maybe you just don't want to admit that you're wrong or that you can't do it. I will stand here today and tell you that I can't do it. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am my strongest when I admit my weakness. I am at my strongest when I admit my weakness because that's when God takes over. Today, make a decision to let him set you free from the things that are holding you back, that are keeping you up at night. I don't know, but nobody else loses sleep over stuff probably. Uh, but whatever's keeping you up at night, whatever's threatening to destroy you, let Jesus set you free. Let Jesus set you free because you decide if you are going to take advantage of the freedom that Jesus has offered you. We're going to dive in for the next few weeks. We're going to get right where we live because that's what we do. It may not be pretty. It may not always be even politically correct, but we're going to get in there and we're going to do it. Here's what we're not going to do. I saw a comedian recently and said they had his dad taught him this phrase when he was little. What you're not going to do is, well, here's what we're not going to do. We aren't going to give you vague promises just to get you hyped up on Sunday and be excited to be at church and come crashing down on Monday when life slaps you in the face. This is not a place to get a sugar high. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you because you come here and sit on Sunday morning that you're going to be blessed and walk in favor. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to tell you that you won't have problems or stress. I'm not going to tell you that you won't struggle financially. But what I will tell you is that if you pursue Jesus, you may still have difficulty. You may, but you, you may face things. You will face things because even Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. But you will have peace through difficulty. And you will know that everything will work out and what's happening around you will only make you stronger. And it will work out for good. Because that's what scripture says. And you will be free. Because that's what scripture says. We are going to give you information to live a godly, a principled life that will produce blessing and favor in your life. Not just because you walk in the door, because you apply the principles that are being taught in this room. Over the next five weeks, we will talk about real issues that threaten to hold your life, your God mission, and your destiny hostage, but we won't leave it there. We will let you know that Jesus came so that you could and that you can be free. 
will let you know that he won't leave you where he finds you. Who can, who can testify to that? He won't leave you where he finds you. And we're going to let you know that through him, we can have true freedom. It may be a fight and it may be a struggle, but freedom always is. But it's always worth it. It's always worth it. As, as we celebrated D-Day last month, I was, I was reading and, and, and watching videos about stories about, about heroism, about a generation almost gone that sacrificed everything, getting on boats to, get, to land on a beach where they knew they were probably about to die. One guy next to his brother who got shot in the face and it just, his face disappeared. One guy who got shot twice and just kept going back, dragging people behind rocks to try to save them. From Normandy to Hacksaw Ridge, where one guy who wouldn't even carry a gun saved 75 people, drug them back to safety and down a cliff. The movie's real. It happened. It was in Okinawa. Stories of heroism of people that fought for freedom against oppression, against dictatorship, against slavery, against all those things that threatened freedom. And I'm just emboldened by those stories and blown away by the psyche of people that will run into bullets and not away from them. That will run into danger and not away from it. That will sacrifice themselves for somebody else. If you don't know what heroism, read about the guy who will throw himself on a grenade to save his buddies. So that somebody else can live free. So somebody else can have what they're fighting for. We can live free. Isaiah 119 says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. If you're willing, if you want it, and if you're obedient. Obedient to what? Obedient to the principles outlined for us in Scripture. How about this? If we're willing and obedient, we will be free. We will be blessed. We will have favor in our lives, and we will make a difference in our community. Who wants to be free? Still about half of y'all. Awesome. I want to be free. <laughs> Second Corinthians 3 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. King James says liberty. Where the Spirit of God is, there's, there's liberty. And it's always been, I was raised from the time I was just weeks old going to church and putting gum on the bottom of the seats, and I was a brat and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and I always heard, the Spirit of the Lord here is freedom in this place. And that's true. That's true. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And when we come together, we worship Him in spirit and in truth. But how about this? 1 Corinthians 3 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? See, we, we would come to church on Sunday and say, the Spirit of God is here and, and there's freedom in this place. There's freedom in this room and it's true. And everybody got hyped up and excited and it was true. But let's take it a step further. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, freedom is in us. Freedom is in us. Freedom lives in us, and we live in freedom. You know what that makes us? That makes us freedom. We carry freedom around everywhere we go. We can't do this without His Spirit. What the Pastor Andrew said last week, we can't do this stuff without the Spirit of God living inside of us. Jesus said, I'm leaving, I'm going away, but I'm going to send my spirit that will do what? Acts 1.8 will give you power. 
power to live a free life, power to overcome sin, power to overcome the things that have slowed you down and have kept you bound and kept you feeling guilty. There's nothing worse than walking around feeling guilty all the time. I may be the only one here to experience those feelings. I don't know. There's nothing worse than, than walking in a room and knowing you got baggage and hoping nobody sees the bags you're carrying around. <laughs> nothing worse. It is mentally oppressive. And that's what Satan wants. That's the way he wants us to live because if he can keep us mentally oppressed, he keeps us muted. Whoever uses the mute button on your TV, mute, just goes dead silent. If Satan can keep us close to the borderline of what Jesus has delivered us from, we don't even have to go all the way back and be stupid. We don't even have to go that far. If he can keep us on the line between right and wrong, on the line between free and bound, just dabbling a bit, just playing a bit, doing this, doing that, just dancing over the line back and forth, we're carrying baggage. And when we carry baggage because we, we know we're picking things back up, we know we're living close to the edge, we know we feel guilt. And when we feel guilt, we feel condemned. And when we feel condemned, we feel oppressed. And you know what Satan's done to us? He's pushed the mute button. Because he's stolen your freedom, he's stolen your witness, and you won't share Jesus with anybody because you don't feel like you have the right to. Because you feel guilty about what you did last night. And you feel guilty about what you did on Friday night. And you feel guilty because you flipped somebody off in traffic and you know you shouldn't have done that. You should have, you should have said, you can do better. <laughs> All these things put in our path for one sole purpose, to mute us, to steal our witness, to steal our freedom. And we do it because it's comfortable. Well, it used to be this way, but now it's this way and I can do this. No, that's not how it is. Let me share something with you. If I give you a clearly defined list of rules to follow, you will follow those rules. That's how we are. If you want to be a part of this community, you'll follow those rules. And you'll live within certain parameters and, and, and boundaries. You'll live there. And you'll feel content there. You'll feel confident there because you're doing what you're supposed to do. And you'll not do this, and you'll do this, and you'll not do this, and you won't go there, and you won't say this, and you won't behave this way, all because you've been told not to. That's a way to live. You can live that way. But I'm sharing with you a more difficult way to live. It's more difficult for you to say, Lord, order my steps. And to have a responsible relationship with Jesus Christ enough to know that when you do something that's outside of where he wants you to be, that he will speak to you and you will listen to the voice of God instead of listening to me all the time. It will make you more secure. It'll make you more mature. It'll make you more free. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to stub your toe. You're going to sin. But you know what? If your motors are where they're supposed to be, you're going to move forward. You're going to grow, and you're going to make an impact in the kingdom of God. That's what's going to happen. But you know what? If you're trying to play the other side, and you want to say, well, what can I get away with? What can I justify in my life? How close to the edge can I get? You're not going to. You're going to be stymied. You're going, your voice is going to be silent. You're not going to grow. You're not going to be free. And eventually, you'll drop off. Or you'll sit and do it long enough that your conscience won't even know anymore. And that's a more dangerous place to be. 
So I encourage you, take advantage of the freedom that Jesus is offering. Take advantage of the message that says, I can have a growing, authentic, and organic relationship with Jesus Christ, and he can speak to me and let me know how to live my life. The Bible says to work out our salvation how? With fear and trembling. It doesn't tell me to work it out for you. It says for you to take responsibility, something we don't see a lot in this generation. Take responsibility for your relationship with Jesus and live it. But don't come at it from a point of how close can I get? What can I justify? Can I do this? Because I really want to do that. It looks fun. Mm. The further I get in there, the quieter it gets. For a few reasons. Some of y'all want to live as close to the edge as possible. You want to get by with as much as you can get by with and do as much as you can do without going to hell. Because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And you want to go to heaven. And you want to, you want to get by with as much as you can without, without going over that line. And some of y'all just want the hammer dropped. Just tell me what I have to do. I want it to be easy. Push the easy button. Dial it in. It doesn't work that way. Because whatever is in the heart will come out. You can live in that, bro- in that box. You can live within those parameters of what I tell you to do. But if your heart hasn't changed, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What's in the heart comes out. There has to be a change in you. That can only happen with a relationship with Jesus Christ and him making changes inside of you. Slavery or freedom? Slavery or freedom? You can be a slave to sin. You can be a slave to a system. Ooh. I don't want to be a slave to sin or to a system. The Bible, the Bible says we become slaves to him. <laughs> we can't do this without the Spirit of God working inside of us. And I trust, I trust Jesus enough to know that if you're working out your salvation and you make a mistake, he's got you. If your heart, if you're pursuing him and you're doing the right things and you make a mistake, he's got you. If you're trying to justify your behavior, he sees that too. But I trust him enough that if your heart is in the right place and your motives are in the right place, that he sees you and he's got you. And we'll help pick, we'll help pick you back up. We'll help get you on the right track. But that's the beauty of a relationship with Jesus Christ because once you fall and he lets you know you get back up. You won't go back there again unless your motives aren't right. Does that make sense? Slavery or freedom, we decide. Are you willing to fight for your freedom? Are you willing to fight to maintain your freedom? I read numbers of casualties and fight for securing and preserving freedom. There's always death required for freedom. Jesus paid our price on the cross as we, all, as we also must die. Not physically, but spiritually. Following the example of Jesus in the garden when he prayed, not my will, but yours be done, God. When we put our faith in Jesus, when we verbally give up our will and place our life in his hands, we're at the same point of surrender that Jesus was in the garden before he was crucified. Because at that point, we're giving everything to him. I give you everything. Everything I am, everything I want to be, all my problems, my hang-ups, my addictions, my sin, all of my personality quirks that annoy people. I'm giving you everything, God. 
Help me work through it to become who you want me to be. I want to live free. I want to live free. Let's stand together. So my question, the question of the day is this. Who is ready today to be free? Who's tired of the mental dance that you do with your stuff? Nothing any of you do. Who's tired of the mental dance that you do with your stuff? Who's weary from trying to keep everything straight? And what did I say to this person? And what did I say to this person? And what, what can I do? You know, which, which, which person am I right now? My work person, my church person, my casual person, my family person? Who, who, which hat do I have on right now? You work to try to keep everything straight because you're, you're inconsistent and you're, you're trying to fit in in every crowd and doing this and saying that and talking this way over here and talking this way over here and you're trying to, to keep it straight. What do I wear to this group? What do I wear to this group? What can I say here and say there? What's acceptable to this group? And we try to put on these different hats and conform to everywhere we go. You don't have to be that way. You can live free and just be who you are. You can be free and just be who God has called you to be and be consistent and be that person and be accepted and be loved and be everything that you're, that you're trying to be. You can do that without, without crossing lines and putting yourself in jeopardy. Who's just sick and tired of being sick and tired? You're just, I'm just tired. I'm done. The struggle, the fight all the time to try to manage this, to try to juggle this. See, some of you just identified right here in this little section. The question is this, what are you willing to do about it? What are you willing to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You're going to hear some things in the next five weeks that are going to get where you live. It's where the rubber meets the road, man. It's going to get in there. It's going to push the buttons. It's going to peel some stuff back. What are you willing to do about it? Nothing changes if nothing changes. Nothing changes if we don't change. Romans tells us to be transformed. Dude, that's a complete change. Transformation is like the, the caterpillar to the butterfly. That's a transformation. Be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. It all starts there, how you think. Is it, is, is it any wonder that the place we struggle most is, is our mind? We don't stay awake at night because our toe hurts, unless we stumped it. We don't stay awake at night because our ear hurts, unless we have an ear infection. I mean, make the leap here with me. We stay awake at night because our mind is churning. We stay awake at night because we're worried, because we're stressed, because we're full of anxiety. Where does all that stuff start? It starts in our mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Nothing changes if we don't change. I wonder today, is anybody ready for change? Philip Randolph said this, freedom is never given. It is one. Freedom is never given. It's one. Jesus paid the price for all of us to have freedom. But we have to fight. We have to fight. It's not a fight against a person that's threatening us. 
The Bible says the weapons of this war aren't carnal. They're spiritual weapons, tearing down strongholds, wickedness, oppression, all those things, all those things that battle here. It's a battle for your mind. Freedom is never given. It's won. I'm trying to get you in a mindset to fight, to get real, to be willing to dig in and be honest with yourself. We're so delusional. Sometimes we're so delusional that we can't see who we really are. We can't see what we're really about. But if we can commit, we're going to ask God in a minute to help us to peel back the scales, that, the, the rose-colored glasses that we look at ourselves with and the glasses of doom that we look at everybody else with. And we're going to ask God to really help us to examine ourselves. And as we, as we uncover these things in the next five weeks, that we will really, God, help me deal with this. Help me in this struggle. Help me in this situation. God, help me to be real with you and with myself because I want to live a free life. I want the blessings and favor in my life, and I want to be saved. We're going to pray that he'll open our mind, that he'll lower our defenses and let God perform miracles of freedom in the next few weeks that can transform us. And when we get transformed, we're going to start affecting the people around us. That's how that works every single time. You guys have an awesome week. God bless you.